This is Central Carolina Journal, a program that highlights events, programs, and slices of life happening throughout our communities. I'm Fred Brucker. Thanks for joining us. Information technology. It's much more than just getting a computer onto the internet. Our world has, in a very short amount of time, become connected in ways we never thought of when we first heard the words, You've got mail. The web and data have become instrumental in so many aspects of our lives, and the need to keep it all straight has become paramount in our society. Instructor Mike Peluso joined me in studio to talk about how big this really has become and the wealth of opportunities available to someone that knows how to navigate through it all, from maintaining these systems to creating new ones and protecting them all. Okay, so Mike, we are here to talk about the information technology program at the college, but uh, I hear that you're also a podcaster, and I know that podcasters love to talk up their podcast anytime they get a chance to, and what better place to talk about a podcast than on a podcast? So give us the 30-second spiel about what you do on, on the mic. Okay, so it all started with a blog. The blog was about the collision points between work and life. And it, which is kind of a complex subject. I, I actually, the blog started because I wanted to write a book. I was writing a book. The blog was to promote the book. And then I realized, oh, I've got to reach people in different areas. So let me start a podcast. And the podcast actually became the bigger piece of those three. The book's been in editing for three years. That's never coming out. Uh, the <laughs> blog is definitely, uh, it's the core. It's the root of the podcast. Uh, it, but we don't get as many people reading that. Uh, and the podcast is just really, for the most part, an easy way for people to consume that content. It's called the Peluso Presents Podcast. It's available on all your podcast services. And, uh, you know, speaking to my career here at Central Carolina as an instructor and the 20 years of an IT guy prior to this, uh, it IT definitely weaves its way in there. Mm -hmm. uh, as an example, one of my uh, one of the shows is about batteries. One of them is about AI because there's so much going on with artificial intelligence and how it's changing the workforce, uh, how we are kind of beholden to, I mentioned batteries earlier, how we're beholden to batteries. Uh, it's because information technology is so integrated into every aspect of work and life, by default, it becomes an occasional topic on the show. You know, I was going to pick on you as well because you mentioned uh, that you were going to write a book. And if it weren't for the fact that the book's not released yet, I'm going to be like, oh, so you're promoting your merch too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I worked out a deal with the editor and I said, listen, just give me a really, really low price and take your time. Well, that was three years ago. and I get updates every month. I've got another two pages edited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some other things that are tangible and, and are out there. We're talking about the information technology program here. Uh, first off, you know, I wonder if people really think about how involved IT is into the fabric of our everyday lives nowadays. Because it, if you really stop to think about it, it seems like everything nowadays is involving computers in one way or another. So is that just a perception I have, or is IT really everywhere? Actually, that aligns, that question is answered in one of the very first lectures we give in our first Introduction to Computers course, hmm. because in the program, you can't assume anybody has any prior knowledge. So we've set it up so you can know nothing 
and come on in. And that class, it's, it's a very popular class. It's called CIS 110. And when I say it's popular, it's required for many other programs. So that's the one where I get to sort of interact with students from around the whole college. And one of the first lectures is all about how IT is everywhere. CPUs are in everything. Mm -hmm. So by default, the uh, if a CPU is in everything, then IT and the need for IT is everywhere. Well, I, I, it makes me, you know, very curious because it seems like we, that we've gotten to the point where these computers have gotten uh, so much into things that we never even really think about. Like uh, if they're, uh, you know, we have these smart refrigerators now, for example, and uh, other things that you wouldn't necessarily think are dependent on computers. And where is it that... Uh, we've gotten to where we need to have these chips in everything in the fabric of our everyday life. So uh, as far as the chips go, what we're really discussing here is IoT, Internet of Things. We actually have an IoT class as part of the program, and I know I'm not going kind of bouncing around the whole concept of the program, but as we have started to connect everything, that network, that ubiquitous network, we're starting as a society to explore all of the different things that we can put an internet connection to and how it will benefit. Mm -hmm. As an example, you brought up the fridge. You can pull up recipes in the fridge. You can order things online on the fridge while you're looking at the fridge as opposed to those 7,000 written notes because I'm, I'm a teacher, right? I, I don't have the, the refrigerator at home that's got the nice screen, the touch screen on it. I've got the one where it's got the sticky notes on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, my st and so... Uh, so, but, but we're not just doing it there. We're doing it in our security devices. We're doing it in our internet connected devices. We're doing it in everything. And then, of course, that means the program, our students need to be trained on how to interface with these things. So we do have a great IoT class where you go right down to the chip, you wire the, the, the devices, you, you learn the very basics and the fundamentals of that. So it, I may want to take a step back here and sort of discuss the program on a higher level, okay, because it's not one program; it's actually two. Okay, so what we used to call back in the day, what we used to call general IT. So there's general IT, and we used to call it networking. Those those terms are gone because the programs have gone, have grown and have expanded. So general IT is now referred to as business systems because that's kind of what it is. It's the systems that run the businesses, and the businesses are the people. I mean, they also run life, but the businesses are the people who are cutting the check to our students. And they're cutting some pretty big checks mm -hmm. in terms of salaries when we've got some good graduates coming out of the program. Absolutely. We've got some great, great stories there about some very, some students who've just done a two-year degree. I know I say, shouldn't say just, but they haven't put in that four-year bachelors, they haven't done the master's, they've just done the two-year degree, and they're coming out, and four and five years later, they're making six figures. Wow. And it, it's it's great, and I'm a little jealous, I'm going to admit, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little jealous, <laughs> but uh, super happy for some of those students. Now, they, of course, they did it the right way. They came in, they had a thirst for knowledge, They it wasn't just the thirst for knowledge, they also had this, this desire to 
get into the workforce and have a strong work ethic. And so they work their way up. Nobody comes out of our program and makes six figures, 150, $170,000. What happens is they come out, they'll get that average intro $50,000, $60,000 a year job these days. Which is still not bad for starting out. No, not after a two-year degree. Not absolutely not after a two-year degree. So, yeah, you'll get that $50,000, $60,000 job, sometimes sometimes thirty, forty. dollars But, I mean, it's still, if you've done high school, your options are not thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. When you come out of our program, and it's a community college program at community college pricing, which is an incredible deal, mm-hmm. we, you start there. And that is, as everybody knows, when they think about their careers, there's the starting job and you grow from there. And if you hustle a little bit and you have that thirst for learning, then you will learn more and you will become more valuable in very short order. Now, one of the things I'm kind of curious about, though, if you're talking about someone that can make that kind of money just with an associate's degree with you know the programs that we offer here, one of the things that it seems like on one hand, yes, computers are getting involved in just about everything that we have out there. But does that mean then that the jobs that are available, it would assume that there are a good number of jobs because there are so many things using computers. But are these things that like the two-year degree, is that enough of a basic knowledge to step in and, and be able to work on specialized sorts of things? Or does that take a long time for you to be able to do. I guess the way I'm asking that question is, what's the competition like for students that graduate and go out and look for that job? uh, And how long can they expect before they go to something bigger and better? Well, so let's, let's go back to those two programs. Okay. Uh, The one of the programs, general business systems, the other one we used to just refer to as networking. Now it's networking and cybersecurity. We changed the name, not necessarily the content as much. Cybersecurity was always a part of it, Mm -hmm. but definitely that that term resonates more with folks. The the concept of cybersecurity, it was always there. So within these programs, we have classes. Often those classes are associated not often, all all the time, the classes are associated with an industry standardized credential. I'll give you a a good one, CCNA, Cisco Certified Network Architect. CCNA, if you get your CCNA and you, or you take the three classes that we have that equate to that, and then you go and you get your network credential, you get that credential on top of your degree. And remember, at this point, you've already done the work. It's just basically going and getting the test, taking the test. Mm That makes you competitive in the marketplace, having that credential. And we teach that. Same thing with A+. I've got one student who graduated, it was Christmas, uh, it was either the end of last fall or maybe the end of last spring. I forgot what it was. But we, we develop strong relationships with our students. Most instructors do. And so I'm still emailing them back and forth. And they went and they took this, the courses. They never went and got their A-plus certification, which is sort of a hardware software cert, sort of an entry-level one. And they felt, you know what, I'm struggling with getting a job. They were struggling because there there were some limitations there as far as geography they could go to. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to be a little bit more engaged in that process. Uh, And so they went, they got that A-plus cert. And so that, that made them much more competitive to land that job. You don't have to get the certs. We don't make you get the certs as a part of the program. We do train to the certs, knowing that there's value in the certs and knowing that 
CCNA or Net Plus, or I'm sorry, A Plus, or pick your one. Uh, Red Hat has certs. Red Hat, by the way, it's a Linux distribution. It's an alternative operating system mm-hmm. to Microsoft Windows. Everybody knows Windows because it's more consumer-oriented. Not a lot of people are familiar with the ins and outs of Linux. We do teach that. There are certifications associated with that. With The biggest uh, Linux company, I think, in the world is Red Hat, owned by IBM. Mm-hmm. They're right here. Right. They're here in North Carolina. We have They have a great apprenticeship program, and we have a relationship with them. Right. Much more than just an entertainment venue in downtown Raleigh. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Which I haven't been to yet. I usually, I usually just go, is it Walnut Creek? Is it still called Walnut Creek? Uh, who knows? There's so many different iterations and sponsorships. That's mm-hmm. a good question. So, well, let's, ta- let's kind of go on that a little bit more. Uh, as you're teaching students to go for these different certifications and you're preparing them for the different types of opportunities out there, uh, let's take a look at these two programs and look at them individually. Let's start with the business systems and operations support. Some of the things listed on the website uh, say that students can prepare for jobs as programmers, software specialists, various types of website sorts of work, and then also server administration. Uh, So it basically seems like with that particular program, there's lots of opportunities for different avenues. Well, remember when I said it was general IT, but nobody really got what general IT was. That was the old name. Mm-hmm. Business systems kind of covers a broad swath. Businesses have uh, have websites. And if you're the IT person, you need to know what, not necessarily be the webmaster, but you may be engaged in part of that. So you need to know a little bit of networking, a little bit of HTML, a little bit of CSS. Mm-hmm. Uh, CSS, HTML, these are some of the, the building blocks of building websites. Some of the background stuff behind those of us that just try to use something like WordPress or it's, or one of the other services where it just looks nice and pretty to us. Et cetera. Yes, absolutely. So a little bit about my background, and this is kind of interesting. I may have the master's degree because you need it to teach here. Um But I was, from the majority of my career, I was the sales guy at the IT companies. Hmm. That meant when I got here, I had to learn just as, even though I had the advanced degree in the theory and the philosophy and all that, I had to do a deep dive, and I'm still to this day doing it in the mechanics of these things. So I've taken these classes myself. When I say taken them, I've actually gone in and did all the assignments just like a student would. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, I realized by understanding the underpinnings, the nuts and the bolts of our program of, of say, something like CSS and, and just doing some, some minor manipulations, it really does help you when you're the person who the boss comes to you and says, our website's this and I want it to be that, make it happen. Because you, you, you maybe are not the greatest CSS uh, programmer in the universe or HTML coder in the universe, but you know what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you can go to the webmaster or you can go to the programmer that's outsourced and you can have that intelligent conversation that you need to have to get the company's website where it needs to be. Okay. Okay. So as we take a look at that then, um, where it does kind of seem like, uh, in my experience, dealing with different types of IT people, that Uh, there is a lot of different things that is expected of somebody because, oh, that's the computer person or that's the the network person. And because there are so many different avenues that someone can explore in these sorts of things, um, is it 
is it wise? Is it valuable for someone to uh, go in and get that general survey and then perhaps go towards a certain type of concentration, uh, look into something special in particular, or does that maybe pigeonhole? No, no, no. Uh, I, I say no, no, no. Yes, we absolutely do that. That's built into the program. Between the two, so business systems and networking, networking mm -hmm. is literally that. It's networking. It's how we make these computers talk to each other. In between both of those programs, we have very carefully structured the classes that are recommended for that first semester. They're the same between both programs, so you get a little bit of a taste of what's involved in both of them. Okay. For example, you take the intro to networking class and you take the hardware software class. You have a, you, this gives you an idea right off the bat, right off the bat of which, what thing resonates with me. And I've had students, they love virtualization, which is the underpinnings of the cloud, the hypervisor, virtualization, cloud enablement, et cetera. And we could talk for an hour and a half on cloud, just, just the basics. Uh, I've had some students, they're really hardware oriented. We've got some, we have a national winner of a U, Skills USA competition in networking. We have Nash, the, the national champion is finishing up their degree right now. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, he is amazing. Uh, they created their own study. The, his, him and his, his, his colleagues, his friends, his classmates, they created little study groups for each other. When they did the state competition, we had number one, two, and three. And it's, we have a, a networking instructor here by the name of John Answorth. Mm -hmm. Incredible guy. Really knows his stuff. Students can connect with him really, really well. And... We have a super strong networking program primarily because of him because he's doing such an incredible job. And the, the students, that particular group of students has, I wouldn't say fallen, but they've, they've developed a love of networking. They've picked up his love basically. And they've taken it as really, really far. And without going into all the details, I will say that at those Skills USA competitions we go to, there were recruiters. There were definitely recruiters, and those recruiters were very interested in high-performing students who really knew what they were doing. Oh, wow. Well, that's a great opportunity, not just to be able to learn the things, and it sounds like that there would be some very intensive labs that go along with that so that you can go to these competitions and perhaps, you know, kind of get some things lined up for yourself immediately after graduation that's exactly it that's it. that plus the apprenticeships there are apprenticeships out there plus we have some large employers here who are constantly recruiting our students who who regularly need full-time students if you are willing to go if there's there's that type of student who just wants to get it over with they want to spend more time in their life doing social things or what have you and that's okay right i get it life is a balance mm -hmm. Those students will do all right. The ones who super excel, we see them as super excelling here. Nobody forced this group of students to make the uh, study group. They just mm -hmm. did it, met it for a couple hours a week, three or four hours a week, every other week. They committed themselves to learning this stuff, this networking stuff. And then as part of that, they said, hey, here's this competition. Why don't we go to this competition? They went to the competition. They did phenomenally well, one of which the, the, the person who got first place went to nationals, won nationals. Uh, and yes, that kind of attitude of I want to learn, it's in, 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 integral, I guess that's the word, integral okay. to 
a great career in IT. You have to have that desire. I'm not saying you have to work 90 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm saying you have to have a thirst for knowledge. And this isn't just IT. IT changes more quickly, I think, than some other areas of our economy. Um, Medical changes pretty rapidly. IT changes pretty rapidly. Uh, Coal mining, maybe not so much. (laughs) But (laughs) we don't have to worry about that too, too much. What we... So if you have that thirst for knowledge, and it doesn't matter what area you are, let's say you're a welding or a welder or, or machinist or what have you, especially mm-hmm. machinists, you do have to always have a have to learn that next thing. And that's primarily, I think, driven by IT, but our world is changing and mm-hmm. you will always have to know new jobs. Mm-hmm. As an example, let's pull AI into welding. Yeah. Currently, when you're welding, you, d- you have to operate a fairly complex machine sometimes. Sometimes you're doing it by hand. And you're having to fit parts together and you have to do it a certain way. As we bring more automation in the manufacturing environment uh, to those welding tools, what have you, Mm -hmm. that automation, hey, guess what? That's controlled by IT. IT. And as we add artificial intelligence to that world, the bead that you're welding, I could see a day coming where... The AI is scanning the metal and it's modifying the bead slowly based upon the, the, the intricacies of the metal. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the IT person would have to know how to fix the interface and the welder would have to know how to read and work the interface. Those are two skills that don't exist today because that imaginary tool I just made up doesn't exist. But I could see where it could mm-hmm. based upon the trends in technology and how it impacts two very large areas of our economy, IT and manufacturing. You know, I think it's interesting you brought that up, the idea that uh, with the way that technology has been evolving, and I don't know that anyone can really keep up with the ways that it's been happening in recent years, especially. Um, One of the things that, interestingly enough, I've not heard a ton about out in the normal in the normal landscape, and I'm sure it's still very important right now, is the area of cybersecurity and keeping the systems that we need and we use in function of everyday life working the way they're supposed to, preventing malicious attacks, things like that. Um, How quickly do things evolve in this area and how are students prepared to be able to deal with them? Nonstop. And cybersecurity actually reminds me a little bit of the early days of the World Wide Web and online sales. Mm -hmm. Because in the early days, companies used to say, well, we need to have a website and that website will sell products. And they would separate that. That would be a separate thing. And I would go to Walmart and I'd say, I want to buy this video game. And Walmart would look and I'd say, it's 25 bucks here on your website. It's 40 bucks in the store. Can I get it for 25? And they'd say, no, you have to order it. I said, but you got 50 of them right there in your Walmart. Why can't I have one of these for 25 bucks? They wouldn't let me do it. It was was inherently separate things. Mm -hmm. Over the years, that's changed. Walmart, I go into Walmart now and I say, this is the price on the website. And they say, fine, here it is. They They go to the shelf. They pull it off the shelf. They hand it to me at 25 bucks. It's just the IT infrastructure of Walmart and the concept of there's no... The, the web is not a separate entity. It's not a separate business. It's just integrated into their existing business. I use the Walmart example, but there are, are other examples out there. And 
the idea is, with cybersecurity, bring this back to cybersecurity, it used to be this considered this separate thing. Mm-hmm. This is a long time ago. But for the longest time, pretty much since I would say Windows XP Service Pack 2, and we could go into the technical reasons why it was Windows XP Service Pack 2, mm-hmm. but that's outside the scope of this show. Uh, cybersecurity and networking security has become integrated into everything we're doing. It's it's just fundamental to the process. Yes, we have a security class, SecOneTech. We teach you the fundamentals of security there. But when we teach you networking, guess what a big part of that is? It's security. Oh, you want to get into a Cisco router? You're not just learning the tools and how to manipulate it. You're learning how to set up the router securely. And you have to, to do that. You have to understand security best practices. So it's it's integrated in everything we do. Even in the intro to computers class, we touch on security right off the bat. And it continues on. It continues in the virtualization class. It's It's fundamental to everything we do. We're not just teaching you how to turn the machine on or the virtual machine as the case may be. We're turning, telling you how to design, develop it so that it is set up in a secure way. We are, believe it or not, running quickly out of time here, but I do want to touch on one more thing uh, for those that may be listening and think, you know what, I could possibly see myself doing a job like this, all of these different tools and and the classes and the labs they sound interesting to me very Uh, hands-on yes very um, hands-on what sort of student do you in your experience excels the most or has the greatest potential in a program like information technology okay uh i would say as i I, well we could touch on a a few things one good work ethic right and but that's every student right Mm -hmm. that's universal good work ethic Uh, and that means when you have to be in class be in class when you have assignments to be be prepared, be a problem solver. Good communication. Communicate with your instructors. Again, it's a it's a student one on one thing. Like if you never communicate with your instructor and you're in uh say a philosophy class, you'll probably fail the philosophy class. Uh I do think that the students who have that that inherent desire to explore, to learn a little bit, to play with just to tinker. I think they do well. I, uh, it doesn't, I've noticed though, it doesn't matter what your, what your uh, background is. It doesn't matter what your nationality is. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. It's, it's the desire to learn and the desire to do. That's all you have to have. You come with that and we'll make you an IT pro. You if you work with us and we won't just make you any kind of IT pro, we're going to make you a great IT pro and we're going to make you a great IT pro with a great salary. And that's the end. Very small investment in your community college salary, you know, things that are involved in going to the school. Very, very large payout in the rest of your career. Okay. Well, fantastic. I think you've given us a lot of information here. We're out of time for the show, but uh, once we turn the mics off, I'm going to talk with you a little bit to see if you can help me hack the algorithm to make our podcast numbers get higher (laughs) i i can definitely discuss that i can also discuss how you can bring me back as an ai voice of me without me being here (laughs) well i don't know our broadcasting students may have a problem with that one (laughs) okay thank you so much for having me information technology at central carolina community college has two major tracks 
There's business systems and operations support, or BSOS. This is what used to be called the general program. And there's network and cybersecurity, which used to be called network management. Both tracks offer a pathway to a diploma or an associate's degree, and each can be completed within two years or less. Those interested in learning more about the offerings available can speak to an education navigator by phone at 919-718-7300. Specific questions about any of the information technology programs can be sent via email to ietech at cccc.edu. Information is also available online by going to www.cccc.edu forward slash curriculum. From there, scroll down to STEM and then Information Technology. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Central Carolina Journal. To hear past episodes, visit www.883wuaw.com forward slash ccj or search WUAW on your favorite podcast app. If you want to listen to this episode again, simply search for episode 2314. And if you have an idea for a future episode, give us a call at 910-814-8830 or email us at wuaw at cccc.edu. Central Carolina Journal is a public affairs presentation of Central Carolina Community College and its radio stations, 90.5 WDCC and 88.3 WUAW. I'm Fred Brucker. Thanks for listening.